Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. With summer now here, energy regulators and analysts are growing very concerned about residents in three parts of the country. Texas, the West, and Midwest. Experts say those regions should be bracing for potentially dangerous and costly blackouts this summer. So today, I chat with Politico's Catherine Morehouse about how energy regulators are split on preventing blackouts this summer and how that debate could impact President Joe Biden's clean energy transition. It's Wednesday, June 1st. The Midwest is kind of considered the most at risk this summer. And what this report from the North American Electric Reliability Corporation found was that one of the big problems in the Midwest is they're essentially retiring power plants too quickly. And so they don't have enough capacity to kind of make up for those retirements. And, you know, with spiking temperatures, there's just expected to be a bit of a disconnect between the supply and demand for power and resources. In the Southwest and in Texas, you're seeing really intense drought conditions throughout those regions, and that puts hydropower facilities as well as a lot of thermal plants, so your coal plants, your natural gas plants, your nuclear plants, at risk of basically lower performance. And hot weather is hard on really every element of what it takes to generate power. So those extreme weather risks, as well as the drought conditions, which also make it harder to power power plants because most of those plants have cooling facilities that need colder water in order to operate. And then Texas, of course, also has its own problems in the sense that As we learned last winter, it's kind of on its own grid. And so it just will have more difficulty importing power from other regions than the Midwest or West might. So, yeah, we know that we see regulators don't come at this the same way as far as how to keep the power on. So what what arguments are we seeing from the Republican side about managing this problem? Yeah, so Republicans on the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission in particular are really sounding the alarm over the energy transition. They're saying, you know, this is particularly in the Midwest where we're seeing some of these plants retire early and not enough capacity coming back online. They're saying, you know, this is a sign we are moving to clean energy resources and away from fossil fuel resources too quickly. And the grid just can't handle that. And Democrats are thinking more about long-term sustainable solutions. So there's just a bit of a disconnect and a division between regulators who really want to slow the energy transition down and regulators who say, no, we need to be thinking even more creatively about how we build the grid of the future that can deal with climate change while at the same time produce fewer greenhouse gas emissions that contribute to climate change. Yeah, just to dig into the, the latter perspective you just mentioned. So Democratic regulators are saying that increasingly unpredictable weather caused by climate change should inspire a different way of thinking about the grid. So, I mean, what do you mean by that exactly? Are there particular technologies that could be helpful? 
Yeah, there are a number of technologies. So one example is energy efficiency. If we use less electricity, there's less demand on the system. But kind of making the system more efficient on a utility-wide, on a massive scale, is really difficult. And you need to have policies in place that kind of incentivize energy efficiency because, of course, utilities make money the more they're often their plants run. So there needs to be kind of a big overhaul on that front. Demand response is another kind of form of energy efficiency where you, for the commercial fleet, for instance, for kind of large industrial customers, you can signal to them, you'll save money if you don't use your power at this time. And that lowers overall demand on the system and kind of allows residential customers to not conserve as much. Another example is transmission. There really is a thought that, okay, if we have all of these renewables, waiting in the queue to connect to the grid. And if we can improve transmission in this country and make it so that all of these renewables that we have are able to send power to the Midwest when it's really sunny in the Southwest and bring wind power from the Midwest when things aren't working in in the West at night, for instance, there's the thought that transmission can have a really big play here as well. Right. And if blackouts do happen this summer again, in the worst case, in, in any of the regions we've discussed, What do you see as the potential implications for policy to advance the kind of things you're talking about, whether it be energy efficiency programs, demand response, incentives maybe to boost transmission? Do you you see these things getting a boost if there's blackouts, you know, again, encouraging more of the democratic line of thinking, or could it really delay the clean energy transition? Yeah, I think that's a big part of the problem. And I think What we've seen tend to happen is there's a lot of finger pointing at the clean energy transition and you say, well, we're moving too quickly and here's the problem rather than kind of thinking of of solutions. And I think that there are a lot of people out there who believe that this should be balanced, that yes, we need to move the energy transition at a balanced pace in order to kind of decarbonize at the pace the Biden administration is asking for. We need to make sure we have a grid that can handle extreme weather and can handle all of this new demand from electric vehicles and from electric buildings and all of that. But if in the middle of the transition we're seeing all of these blackouts, it's hard to turn the conversation to, okay, well, let's invest more in these other solutions because it scares people. People want to kind of go back to what they know and go back to the way it was. But Democrats are trying to make the argument that the way it was, was not working. Also, speaking of energy regulators, last Friday, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission approves a proposal from the New England grid operator that would initiate a two-year phase-out of a hotly contested rule that raises the price for clean energy resources in the market. The proposal, which passed in a four-to-one vote, generated blowback from clean energy proponents in the region who wanted to see the minimum offer price rule phased out as quickly as possible. That rule raises the bidding floor for state-subsidized resources. But the commission determined the grid operator's proposal struck a balance by committing to eliminate the rule, although Democrats took issue with the pace of the phase-out. For context, New England is the latest region to eliminate the Trump-era rule, which is intended to reverse the impact of state clean energy laws that have boosted renewable energy's competitiveness in the markets in recent years. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy.
Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.